Hi, this is Karen from Satirian, and you're listening to the SAP Security and GRC podcast with host Dudley Cartwright, helping you on your journey to effective access risk management in SAP. Satirian's GRC Trends Report documents four pivotal insights and predictions that we believe will shape the future of GRC. You're welcome to download a copy from our website, satirian.com. Our podcast will include a four-part series to cover each prediction in more detail. In this episode, we will discuss one of these predictions. The drive towards standard business processes will cause widening of access. We'll be joined by industry experts Quintus Hogart from Linkies Consulting and Emil Stein from Satirian. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast, and we're going to be talking about the next prediction that we've covered in our trends report, and that prediction is around the use, making use of standard business templates uh, and how those can potentially lead to an increase in the organization's uh, sort of risk exposure. And, and what we mean by those standard business templates with specific to the SAP security and GRC space is things like making use of SAP standard business roles uh, and also making use of a vendor's sort of standard or out-the-box rule set. So, Emil, I'll throw the first question your way. Uh, maybe if you can just share with us um, what we mean by SAP's standard business roles uh, and what are the pros and cons for an organization to make use of those? Okay. Thanks, Dudley. So, yeah, standard business role. So effectively, if we, if we maybe take it a, a step back, so SAP has always uh, provided standard SAP roles that's uh, available, you know, with uh, with a release of SAP. So and those roles can then be either used as is, or uh, uh, you can use that as a starting point to build your own roles. So the full business roles, SAP has done the same thing and provided uh, this container uh, of access that is meant to be uh, as, or can be then used as uh, as a way of assigning access to users. Now, um, let's maybe start with the uh, benefits. So when you assign or when you make use of those standard business roles, uh, I think the main argument there is that it can facilitate uh, a quicker go live process and a quicker uh, testing phase because the roles are already built and it's unlikely that there are any authorization issues. So we often see that being recommended by some of the implementation partners and say, go over the standard business roles, it will contain the access that you need. And um, if, if it doesn't, they'll they'll just add, add onto that. So the downside to that obviously is that there's, there's no business role that you can build that will be applicable to all organizations and companies across the world. So a business role, let's say the accountant. An accountant for uh, for one organization will do something completely different than the next. So, and, and the same will then, you know, be a, uh, will apply for the SAP standard business role. It's a container with access, but it's not going to be that 100% fit for uh, for 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 everyone so it will first of all it will potentially be a big over allocation of access so increasing the number of risks i think that's very important so you'll have a lot of users with additional access that they don't actually require to perform their their job function and i think the the second part of that you know if you are very risk aware and you use that as a starting point and subsequently you need to try and clean that up um, 
that's going to be very, very difficult to do. So uh, I think historically it's been much easier to clean up access. So you, you can maybe go with a wider uh, assignments at the start uh, because it's easier to remediate and take transactions away from users or take transactions away from roles. But with the introduction of Fiori for S4, it becomes even more complex to do so because now you've got an additional layer of catalogs that you also need to consider. It's not only at the transaction code level and uh, that, that, that adds to the complexity uh, as well. Thanks, Emil, for that. You know, we, we, we do know that for, for a, a lot of, you know, SAP themselves have said that, listen, that a, a company must make use of the standard business roles as a starting point and then maybe refine those to be more specific or relevant to the organization. But I think we are aware that if, 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 if uh, the security team are sort of running behind on, 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 the, on the project and they are under pressure from a resourcing perspective or time perspective, it is likely then that they, they're just going to make use of those standard business roles as is and not have the time to refine it. It is also maybe the argument of saying that sometimes when you're building roles, it's easier to start from the bottom up and build build the roles uh, from the bottom up rather than taking a predefined role and seeing what can be taken away, especially if you've got some historical usage information, often easier to build from the bottom up. Um, so maybe heading, uh, Quintus, to ask you, you know, for those companies that then go and create their own roles, they're, they're standardized within making use of business roles within their sort of GLC or um, IDM solution, or if they're making use of, of SAP composite roles, the degree to which the organization can standardize will vary. And maybe we can just run through a few of those, those scenarios. Thank you, Dudley. I think two points. One point that you brought, you brought up is, is the principle of um, building from the bottom up. Obviously, it's a far more sustainable solution uh, in, in for future changes. So especially if those building up means smaller functional purpose-built roles that can be recycled in any other business role. Um, one point that Emil brought up, I think, is quite valuable. Valuable is in terms of um, you know the the, the he touched on the risk um, appetite. What what I've seen through all these years, you know, at consulting, I used to be irritated getting to a client and and you you go there with your solution. They say, oh no no no, but we different. You know, we unique. You know, and and then I used to get, oh, yeah, you all say that you're unique. But there is some truth in that, you know, the, the, every client is different. It's not a one size fit all. So you do need to cater for that. And the risk appetite of various different, uh, and I, it's, it's, it's nice to see that, in, you know, it, it's different countries where you, you your client is based. There's a different, you know, more, uh, a bigger appetite for risk than in other countries. I have seen, though, that we, we've seen in the market that, that, with globalization and, and people working remotely uh, from different, you know, from different countries, they question that risk, you know, culture that yes, you know, uh, it's not all people are based in the country where the risk appetite of the, of the company comes much often from, you know, the risk appetite that's that evident in the country. So, so I, I think definitely there will be some customization. And then, and, and, and your point also, Dudley, that, um, depending on, you know, a lack of planning normally results at the end that hold on security is always something, you know, at, uh, coming at the end of a project. So that forces a lot of companies to do this, uh, grabbing something, you know, out of the box that's there, which unfortunately, like Emil's saying, you do pay at the end in terms of trying to remediate those risks, which, which, which will come down later down the line, not necessarily right up front. 
Um, and in all companies, we know do have some, you know, some customized transactions and objects. So you are going to change. You know, you, in one or other way, there's going to be changes happening to to, to that business role. So, so, so I like your idea of saying rather focus and building your own um, business uh, template role. You know, than trying to take something completely out of the box. Um, you know, so. so for me, this it's 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 this way up between um, Emil referred to the efficiencies. Um, obviously, we're doing the standard relation to be more efficient in the join and move and lever process, but then that to be weighed up against your risk appetite and what you what what you're willing to work with. And I think the awareness, like you say, must be created um, from the risk owners who's going to sign off on those roles eventually. And if the if the security team doesn't make that aware, that end unfortunately sitting with all that that rework is happening at the end. So you try to avoid that by really planning up front. So the the degree the degree to which standardization happens is must become a business decision. But I think yeah, the challenge that a lot of organizations face is there's maybe an instruction that comes from the top to say, listen, we want standard business goals. Uh, whether those are making use of SAPs, predefined ones, or the, the organization or project team creating creating new ones. But I think the the, the activity that the security team is, and you alluded to this now, the, the where, where the security team uh, we feel need to get a little bit more visible in, in this process is as they start defining uh, the, the, these these business roles, highlight what the the access risk exposure is associated with that role before you go to production. You know, work to do workshops with the role owners and say, listen, if we standardize to this degree, we're going to end up with this number of SOD violations within this business role. Are you are you comfortable with that? Uh, maybe you then give another scenario and say, listen, if we standardize to a slightly lesser degree, we're going to end up with half the number of SODs within this business role, you know, and make it a business decision to say, what what degree of standardization do they want based on the the, the, the number of risks associated with each of those levels of, of standardization? And it, it can become a business decision as to yes. how much risk are they willing to live with? In relation to the degree of standardization, they want. As we've always, you know, we've said in this session now, it's this way up always between. Uh, the more you standardize, generally the more risk is is introduced into the environment. So the business need to choose now. It's that balancing act. How how far how much risk are they willing to live with uh, in relation to the degree of standardization they want? But I think the security team need to get better at performing data analytic activities, presenting this information to the role owners, let the role owners see see the data and make make an educated, informed decision. And maybe just further to that is, I think a, a fault that many uh, projects have is they build these roles without access to an access control solution. So, so there's no visibility of what the risk impact is uh, while, they, while they're busy with the role build phase during this export project. And I think if we can encourage again a lot of the you know these these projects on the security team to make use of an access control solution during the role build phase that our role owners have got the risk visibility from the beginning and they can make decisions uh, you know early on based on the risk but i think often the role build happens gets the roles get put into production and that's often sometimes the first time a risk analysis is performed on those roles and often that that's too late as you're saying quintus trying to fix roles in production is is a uh, you know a, a, a very challenging exercise and can cause a lot of business disruption yeah, I agree with you. So what I normally do in a case like that, you know, um, I, when in doubt, if there's a question of, am I going to put this in one role or am I going to split it? 
I always, obviously, perhaps being an ex-auditor and more risk-aware than many other, you know, other other people in that sense, I always say, listen, rather go smaller uh, business role. It's it's uh, once you've done that, and and the security team should push for that because, like I said, at the end they're going to do this work reworking again. I can always join, you know, two business roles if I need to, but dissecting it afterwards. So so when in doubt, rather go. Two business roles, split that role up into it's easier because somewhere down the line we hit my audit and I'm gonna have to try to read it. There's retesting, rethink so so doing advice for me from a security team, try to push the business. If there's any doubt, push him to split the role into you have one more business role, so what's a big deal? You know, you can just recycle well, so, it. So later. to be so to be more granular in nature and yes. rather build be uh, assign mul- multiple roles if 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 need be, rather than trying to dissect uh, Most uh, uh in a perbit role. Emil, do you want to add anything? Yeah, um, what I wanted to just touch on, Dudley, you mentioned how the security team uh, often, or at least now what we see with S4, is that a, a lot of, uh, potentially you mentioned already, the data analytics, but potentially that's not taking place, and also the lack of a, of a, of a, a segregation of duty tool to assist in that role build. But I think what we are also seeing is that because the move to S4 is so new for not only companies, but also for some of the consultants that need to advise, they often just go with those standard template trials purely because they don't they don't know. So uh, it's almost for them playing it safe. Um, so don't want to say it, it almost becomes the blind leading the blind, but you know, the business has such a... a they place so much reliance on what the implementation partner or the security team is telling them that if there's not that guidance from from you know the technical people, then you know it 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 doesn't leave uh, those business uh, decision makers with a lot of information. So they just typically go with the recommendation, and so I I think it is very important also that just then to you know we Princess, I think you already mentioned that. To say, you know, security is not always the first priority, but uh, you know, I think it. We obviously always say, you know, security is so important. If you want to get the real benefit from this, you need to start early. You need to start this discussion. The level of standardization that you want to achieve, you need to have that discussion early. Otherwise, if you leave it uh, to, to too late in the project, then you know, there's no turning back. There could be an argument there for for say then when when. You, you are involved with your S4 project or any project with that. So important to get the assistance from, from uh, these consulting houses that specialize in security and GRC because they come with the risk, uh, more of the risk lens. You know, some of the big SIs may not have that, they will have some security people, but not come with the necessary risk lens that some of the more boutique dedicated uh, security consulting houses come with. So I, I think. Uh, you know, we've always said they place a lot of value on the, the more dedicated consulting houses that specialize in, in certain areas uh, because I think that they will make them more visible, more knowing to their client what the risk exposure is going to be based on that set, set of roles where, uh, um, you know, it, it may not be that important for, for, for some other of the, the consulting houses. You mentioned that often this decision to standardize uh, is driven from the top. You know, you, you get this degree given to, you know, we can standardize. Uh, and uh, uh, I think there's definitely a business case for the business role, you know, if I can put it like that. With all the new um, 
cloud-based coming in and identity, access governance projects coming up there, a business role has become more important than it was in the past because it really does help with the efficiencies of the user, you know, the, the whole onboarding process. Um, so I have I have definitely understanding for that. Sometimes the decisions obviously is made at the level where there is no really understanding of the detail and the complexity of the technical level that we, we're dealing with. But point taken, you know, there are definitely uh, um, reasons for that decision coming from about because of the interface and, and the IDM solutions. But also, I, I definitely agreeing with you that putting that risk lens on is not in, that's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, you have a lot of guys that's very technical and they're just doing it, and they they come from a purely technical security background, and they do not have that that risk lens. And that's is crucial what you're saying there to bring that in either with the tool. Um, even if you do a, a get stuck boutique consulting or some audit firm or whatever to help you uh, take just take a snapshot before you know halfway through my process where am I at? you know so I don't have to get these risks you know in my excellent audit report uh, you know after I've gone live so so definitely making use of uh, getting that view before and not just relying on the technical strong resources but bring that business process in and i think you also do it to the decision that that is a business decision to do that and make and and the, the technical team can't make the business aware of what is in those roles without it without a tool it's impossible you can't expect that from them to do and um and uh if you wait till after the effect when you get your audit report i mean you, you have a lot of rework to do so the planning and then emil was saying also you know getting that up front and doing the planning is, is really crucial in this process no perfect okay so so moving on to, to the sort of standard or out the box rule set so goodness i'll throw this one your, your way can you just maybe spend a few minutes explaining what do we mean by standard out the box rule sets and what are the pros and cons of an organization making use of these thank you uh obviously the standard risk rule set that we're referring to comes with a tool so the client will have then a risk tool that they will be using they can also use a um a third party do the assessment using a standard rule set with a tool or the audit firm doing that. Whoever use a tool to do that, that tool will have a predefined risk rule set, which is based on standard processes and audit principles of conflicting uh, transactions that we know the audit firms will highlight. And that obviously it's a high level, just giving the two functions and then these, these standard rule, rule sets will then break it down to the lower object level, T-code object and function level. Um, so I'm, uh, as, as I'm more against using a standard role from a, you know, template, I'm more comfortable suggesting to a client, listen, go with the standard risk rule set. You can do the customization later. That's easier to do because yes, we know you're going to have Z transactions. Yes, we know you're not using checks anymore. Like, you know, in America using checks, the rest of the world's not using checks anymore. We can take that out later. So uh, easier to go with that. The, the pros, of course, from using standard rule set is this is the last thing in the mind of any project manager to go and do risk rules and customization before project. Number one, they don't even know everything that's needed yet. So go with the standard rule set out of the box. It's sufficient to help you getting getting off the ground. Um, the, the, the negative effect of that is that you're obviously not going to have your customized transactions included. So if you have a customer's version and, and typically we feed seed not of clients bring something in with a post and park of journals you know so yes you're going to have a lot of false positives that everybody that you have the normal attractions you will report can have 
post in parking a journal, but we know that the client have some exception tables or you know where they where they check this. So, but that's false positive. You can you can then later define. So uh, negatives is yes, false positives. That's not too bad. You can live with that, you know. And obviously, you rather overreport than the risk and underreport. So the underreporting comes in where you do not include your Z transactions. Fortunately, most of the the audit firms don't have your Z transactions in their rule set either. So it's not you're going to give me you're going to be highlighted by the audit. Yeah. So you, but of course, we want the the client to be. Uh, responsible uh, employee for the company, really highlighting the risk. And therefore, you have to get to that point where you customize that rule set later to make it also more focused. Because if 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 the the, the one risk you do have, um, if you just reach out of the risk rule set um, uh, you and you and you activate all the risks, you're gonna have such a lot of results that you're gonna the people's gonna start thinking, oh that's ridiculous. I mean I can't live like this. So if you use a standard risk rule set, start with the, the, the high risks in the standard rule set. Don't go down to the medium and low risk because you're going to chase a lot of your business away and focus on those high risks. You will you will pick up those, those high risks. It's a high rating because of, you know, the industry have, have indicated that. And then your advantages of obviously customizing the rule, risk rule set is you really, um, I feel you're doing that process. We had this discussion before is it's used to educate the business. They understand the risk. They can buy in. You get ownership taken in. There's a lot of usage benefits of of going through that process, but no need to to delay your project because you don't have a customized rule set. Go with the standard as it is, and then uh, fix uh, fix it later when after the project when you have your um, uh, more time and more risk focused people around. Perfect, Emil. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think it, you know, it also speaks a bit to the different maturity levels of customers, you know, where an out-of-the-box rule set or standard rule set can get those customers, you know, above to just to identify what are the key issues. And as Quince has said, I think it's very important in that is, yes, not not everything that will be highlighted will be equally as important to every customer because it's a, a standard rule set. But to identify those items that are really important to them, I think that's that's very valuable. Where the organisation that's you know very mature, uh, you know, for them the, the customization of the rule set becomes more and more important because there's additional activities like a user access review that uh, places reliance on the quality of the rule set also. So, uh, yeah. So I think for a customer embarking on a project, either role build or just the initial cleanup without any historic uh, knowledge of what are the issues within the environment, a standard rule set is, you know, is more than sufficient. But as the maturity uh, of that company grows in the access control space, you know, it also means that the customization becomes more and more important uh, for them. Okay, so maybe then just to summarize, on the standardization, making use of the SAP standard business roles, we say, listen, try uh, try not use them as is, either refine them to be more relevant to your organization, or better yet, rather define your own roles based on your organization's specific needs. We standardization is great. The degree to which you standardize will be very sort of company specific. What industry are you in? You know, how big is your organization? How small is your organization? And many factors of, of the degree to which you can uh, you can standardize. But I think if the security team can just make sure that they provide the necessary information to role owners, that they can make the informed decision as to 
uh, the degree of, of standardization that they're comfortable with based on the amount of risk that is uh, going to be incorporated in those roles when, when they're built. And then moving on to the, the rule sets, uh, of course, I, I agree 100% with you there. I think making use of, of, of the standard out-the-box rule set is, is far a lesser evil than making use of SAP standard business roles. It's the standard business roles is something that m- must be you know, dealt with, uh, uh, you know, very effectively before go live, uh, where the, uh, the standard out-the-box rule set is something that can be addressed post go live. Uh, yes, there are some deficiencies and some downsides to that, but it is something that you can play catch up much easier with with uh, refining the rule set post go live than trying to play catch up with uh, just refining the roles to be more appropriate in in the in the live environment good okay well thank you very much guys thank you. and Anders, thanks for joining us